You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Episode 34 of This Is Us Too is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's a great place to discover new makeup and uncover your confidence as a woman. And better yet, you can check out my free videos and tutorials by searching the hashtag MinuteWithMary on Facebook. And even if you are not a makeup person... It's still fun, guys. So come and find me. Hashtag Minute with Mary. Here's the thing, Mel. I don't want to buy one of those used cars out there. No? Not that Wagoneer. That's my family's car. I can, I can see it so clearly. It's sturdy, tough. Pearsons, we need tough. Because I can tell you right now, there's going to be scrapes. I did something bad parking. And dings. Stains. So many stains. And that's okay. Because every battle scar is going to be another memory. And eventually, that car out there, that car is going to tell my family's story just by looking at it. But here's the thing, Mel. I can't afford that car. I can't. That's why I need you to help me. I mean, as parents, we talk a lot about what we want for our kids, right? I mean, I know I think about it a lot. What I want for mine. And I can come up with a fancy word that's gonna make me sound a whole lot smarter than I actually am, but one word I keep coming back to is okay. I want my kids to be okay, Mel. I want my family to be okay. From Cranston, Rhode Island, Welcome to This Is Us Too. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hello, hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome. My name's Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I I think Jack is describing our Durango 
our car. Oh, all right? the scratches. All the scratches. All, all the dings. All the spills. All the stains. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Kids, man, do a number on your car. It's so true. I can't believe the, the accuracy with which Jack used to describe <laughs> our Dodge Durango. <laughs> oh, I love it. But I feel like so many people can just feel that way, whether you have kids or not. I mean, cars take you through so many different adventures and spills and crashes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really have their own journeys to tell you. And I love that that's one of the things that this episode was able to do for us, was to take us on a journey. Um, and one of those journeys, of course, was was Rebecca's phobia of crossing the bridge. And when I watched this part of this episode, <laughs> oh, Blake I and I just, say. We just kept laughing. So I have a pretty severe phobia about uh, needles, but particularly blood coming out of me um like when it's not supposed to be um particularly like if i need a blood draw i i was in a bad car accident when i was in sixth grade and i didn't even bleed that much but uh entering the hospital was a mess needless to say i have had a phobia of blood ever since that accident because of what i saw (laughs) so when i was pregnant um you have to have your blood drawn a lot while you're pregnant, guys. <laughs> so for someone like me, who normally, you know, I get my blood taken every five years, even though you're supposed to have it done every year, um, I avoid it like the plague. So um, what happens to me is I get all sweaty. Uh, I can't even squeeze that dang squeezy thing. You know how they give you that little like ball to squeeze? I lose all control over my hand. I start sweating. I think I'm squeezing it and really my fingers have stopped. It doesn't help that I have small veins. So, And they say that too. They're like, ooh, you have small veins. And I'm like, I know. Thanks for making this worse. Let's just hurry up and get that little butterfly thing that you give a three-year-old to get blood <laughs> because we need to make this quick and efficient and pain-free. And um, oh. there's this wonderful, wonderful phlebotomist who was German. No, who, she was Greek. Greek. Oh, she was Greek. You're right. She was Greek. And I would only get my blood drawn when I was pregnant on the days that this precious little Greek woman was there. This little Yaya. We only, the Yaya was there on Tuesdays and Fridays at 10. And whenever I needed to get my blood drawn, I was like, only if she's there. And there was one time that she wasn't there because this woman knew me. She knew. She was like, oh, you have a sweater. I'm going to take out, (laughs) I'm going to take out a fan. I'm going to get the tissues for you. And she used to like have this little TV and like silly shows were on and stuff and Blake would just sit there and squeeze my hand tight to help me get through it. And one day the woman wasn't there. And it was like a mean woman. Do you remember that mean woman? I do remember the mean lady. And I looked at Blake and I said, it's up to you. It's (laughs) up to you. You're going to get me through this. And Blake held my hand and uh, talked me through. Through funny little stories. Mary's like, distract me. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I started talking about the about Red Sox. Baseball. He yeah. told me all about baseball. <laughs> and um, it reminded me of Rebecca uh, being serenaded to La 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 Lasagna. Oh, that's so cute. All right, Blake. So break down this episode details. I'm going to do this in my best Boston accent possible. You ready? Oh, yeah. This episode is called The Car. The Car. It's called The Car. It's directed by Ken Olin, and the writers were Isaac Abtaker and Elizabeth Berger, mm-hmm. <laughs> who uh, are the current showrunners uh, for season two and season three. And they have written Pilgrim Rick, Jack Pearson's son, Moonshadow, and Deja Vu. 
And I would go over all the episodes that Ken Olin has directed for you, but he's directed 40 million of them. Yeah. So I don't feel like going over all of them. All you have to know is that he directed all the number episodes. Hey, number there one, you number go. two, number three. And, and you know, I mean, other some other great ones, obviously, like Moonshadow and everything. But uh, that's those are the details. Okay, awesome. And, uh, all right, lemonade rating time then. Yes. What would you give this episode on a scale of one to five lemonades? I'm giving this a five. <gasps> I'm giving nice. this a five. It's not a five plus, but it's a, definitely a five because... It serves as this uh, capper or a mm-hmm. cap to mm-hmm. this little trilogy that's kind of come about uh, in, 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 in for, for Jack's death, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this was, this is actually, remember how last episode we were talking about denouement? Denouement. How you yes. thought it was a ferret oui. with, a, with, oui, oui. A, with beret. a beret? A beret. <laughs> uh, this was actually a, a, an episode long denouement. Mm. and uh, I I quite liked it. How about you, my darling? I'm giving this a a five as well, even just for the fact that the Lemonade reference came back up. Of course, we got to have it in the first episode of the first season, Mm -hmm. and then Rebecca even mentions, you know, the Lemonade quote with Dr. K. So even right when that happened, I was like, automatic five. Yep. Automatic. (laughs) All right, time for the GBGs, the good, the bad, the great. Um, My good was Rebecca crossing the bridge at the end. I mean, well, both times. The first time with a little lasagna. Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, thank you for him. So good. So, so (laughs) fun. But then also her conquering that and just that scene, just that scene and knowing what that meant for the family and that Rebecca was ready to handle all of life's challenges uh, just by seeing that shot with the bridge. My bad was Kevin and Randall's fighting. Mm -hmm. Oh, so awkward, especially at the reception. Mm -hmm. And my great was Dr. K. Dr. K reminding Rebecca of her strength, you know, saying that whole like, you're the same woman who lost a child and rode out to my hospital with three babies just the same. That whole conversation with Dr. K was one of the greatest moments of this episode in my books. How about you? Mm. What was your GBG? My good was the significance and the poetry of the tree. Mm. I thought that was just tremendous. I mean, because it's, it's, I like it because it's the one where you find out you're okay. Oh. And how special that is for Jack. I mean, I mean, it's the closest one to the closest payphone and all that other <laughs> stuff. But it's great. And and the one where you find out you're okay, it has double meaning now for both Kevin and Rebecca. I mean, she promises at the end of this episode that the family will be okay. But Kevin also because he finds out that he is okay with his dad's death in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, you are finding out that you are okay no matter what. My bad was... Now that Jack has died, the big mystery has been solved. One thing I kept thinking of this entire mm. episode, or at least once this episode ended, yeah. I've been thinking, where the hell are we going to go from here? Like, what's going to happen from here? <laughs> and is this show going to be the same? Does it does it even want to be the same? Do, should it be the same? Or should it be something else completely? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you just keep on going back to the well of having all these flashbacks and all this other stuff? So it's not that it's necessarily bad from the episode's perspective, but it's more a feeling of what I got after watching this episode. I, I couldn't stop thinking, what are we going to end up doing here? Yeah. Uh, the great for me, and I've said this before, I'm going to continue to say it, I think that the show has grown so incredibly confident with itself and it's only getting better. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole structure of this episode is so out of the norm for This Is Us, in my opinion. And it stands uh, as a great entry into how malleable This Is Us can really be. I mean, it went from 
from flashback to flashback within a flashback within another flashback. It was like inception, Mm -hmm. but, but for this is us, I mean, we, it revealed things that we never knew. Like Rebecca had, has a cancer scare uh, out of nowhere, you know? And then it's showing things that we've seen before, like Jack's funeral or the tire blowing out at the Thanksgiving episode, or even, uh, uh, Jack going to see Kate at school when he drove to see her before going to his first bout or going to fight against his first bout of alcoholism. You know, this episode may have been centered around the car, which I think is a great, great little conceit here. But I feel like we stepped right into the brains, into the shared memories of the Pearson family. Each of them has this, each of them has this specific memory, mm-hmm. almost, mm-hmm. of this car, whether it's, it's you know, um, at, totally as like a family or just a separate memory. And it's like if we took all these separate memories and put them all together, we're seeing like these little snippets and moments of their lives that were all revolved a man around uh, around a man who made it his business to be so attentive to these mm. small moments. You know what I mean? I do. It's um, it it reminds me. It's like you got these moments in the car and you've got these moments at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. You know, like it could have been either of those because you have all these talks, all these life experiences at both of those places. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting that they had that. So I like that. Another entry, a great entry into the Ken Olin Library, the the yes. Marion Blake Hall of Fame, Ken Olin Library dedicated director's chair. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening of this episode was spectacular uh, notice that the episode opens up on rebecca sitting alone in her mm-hmm. in an empty car with like this helpless look yes and how could she not i mean there she is preparing to go to her funeral for yeah. her husband who just died suddenly which when you look at this car it's an empty car with rebecca in it it's almost like you could be considered you can consider it an empty shell Ooh, okay and getting deep a, getting it's a, deep it's an empty shell of memories and then the the camera pulls up on her and it shows you from behind her She's in the car with her eyes in the rear view mirror. She's an empty shell of herself looking mm. back in the rear view or in the past about Jack. Mm. But then the episode closes with Rebecca. Full car. In a, with her and her kids in the car. No longer an empty shell going to a Springsteen concert. Looking forward to the first thing that they have done without Jack. And she isn't upset by the bridge either because she has moved on or because she has to do what she needs to do for her kids going forward. Oh, love it. Love loved, it. I loved how the episode ended, and I loved how the episode began. Agreed. Excellent stuff. Agreed. I mean, just everything with the car. The only problem that I had with the car, can I get this off my chest? Yes, go right ahead. Was that Jack bought it? <laughs> oh, yeah, without like talking to her about it? He's, he's done this before, you know? Sounds like somebody I know. Bought the, no, but at least I was just engaged. I wasn't like full-fledged <laughs> married. Just like how he bought the house. Yeah. Um, you know, Jack does these things where he buys big things without necessarily talking it through with Rebecca. But then again, this works in their relationship. And yes. this must be how it goes. And she questioned it for one second and then was happy and said, Dad bought the bought the car. Here we go. <laughs> Dad bought the Wagoneer. So at first I was like, are you kidding me, Jack? Like, you didn't mention it. You said, yeah, the little over. Well, what does a little over mean, buddy? Like, where is that money coming from? But then I saw Rebecca was smiling. I thought, Mary, this isn't your relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
don't worry. Don't be judging other people's marriages. It may not work for you, but it works for them. That would not have worked for me. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. It's it's more. It's more than we wanted. Well, what do, what do you mean more? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Where's that money coming from? So I needed to get that off my chest because if you felt that way too, just know that I'm giving you a little fist bump and then I gave grace. I said, Mary, don't judge. Everyone's grace. marriage is... What? I'm serious. I had to like... I had to get it off my chest. Okay, aside from that... Mm-hmm. I need to give huge props to all of these young actors of the big three, whether the young kids, you know, getting to see them experience the car and the joy, but also really the teenage kids. The teenage kids are blowing me away and now seeing the little, um, the little things that they do that they continue to do throughout youth and teens and and adulthood that you really can tell that these actors study each other oh yeah so that they can say whether i'm eight you know 18 38 well let's make it more seven (laughs) 17 (laughs) and 37 um they all you can say you can say yep I see this. I can see 100% that this is that same person. So this episode in particular blew me away with the teens acting. Yeah, you you can't help but be blown away by them, especially what I found was during the funeral parlor scene Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, with the confrontation between Randall and Kevin. I mean, it starts off with Randall saying, what's the matter with you? And Kevin saying- uh, yeah, with the watch. Mm-hmm. And Kevin's saying, you know what, you know what, man? I'm tired of the act. I'm tired of watching you pretend to be the new man of the house. And then uh, Randall tries to say, I'm not trying to be the new man. And Kevin says, a real man would have stopped dad from going back in there. Ugh. I never would have let dad go back in. Ugh. And as bad as that is, as bad as that is, I give credit to Randall. He says, but you weren't there, Kev. You're never there for anyone. Oh, like exactly. Just when you thought Kevin had the upper hand, Randall came in and was like, oh, yeah, I raise you. Yeah. How do you like me now? (laughs) I raise you. But the the acting in here, especially when you consider that it's about this watch, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, you know, it's a little keepsake and it's it's something that like I could see how a testosterone filled 17 year old boy would would get mad about that. I mean, I, I think I would get mad about that now and I'm 35. Mm-hmm. I kind of get it. I, I kind of do. And, and I even get the outburst at the funeral home because yeah. things are just, they're too hot right now. They're well, too that's hot the for first time he's seen it. If you think about it, like Kevin always has this chip on his shoulder that Randall is Rebecca's favorite. Mm-hmm. And here... Randall just gets the watch without it even being said. There were so few things actually saved from that house. Mm-hmm. It's not even like they can divvy up dad's clothing or his yeah. other th- items. Like that is it. That's it is the watch. Thing. And thank goodness Kevin has that necklace. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. But still, I totally get it. I would have seen it and said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I get it on even days. You can have it on odd days. Yep. <laughs> that's that's how you figure out most of your most of your stuff. Yeah. Even days, odd days. That's how we handled things in my family. <laughs> Who wants the front seat? Even day or odd day. Who gets to choose what's on TV? Even day or odd day. <laughs> uh Dr. K. Oh. What are your feelings on Dr. K? Who was married, who remarried yes. to that lady with the carpets on the wall. Oh, that just made me so happy. All of this made me happy. You know, you never know. It's life is crazy. Life is crazy. And a huge part of me has kind of felt that Dr. K would be dead by now, which is terrible. Um, but I just kind of haven't been thinking about Dr. K. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was a little old to begin with. And so he's just a sprightly man who is is continuing to do very well, albeit with the assistance of a crutch. 
But my goodness, his showing up was such a surprise. I've been wanting to see him. I've missed him. I've loved him. And I'm happy that he came back. But gosh, you couldn't have asked for better timing. Sure. I'm here to come and to be able to reinvigorate Rebecca just how he was able to do it for Jack and to let her know that, to let her know, oh no, Jack didn't have everything planned. Jack didn't see the future. Jack didn't, you know, he he wasn't all put together and I had to talk to him multiple times, Mm -hmm. multiple times. So he was able to take this hero Jack um, and keep him still being that hero and that amazing man that he was and yet tell Rebecca, like, you don't have to be perfect for your children. Your, mm-hmm. your husband wasn't perfect. He just figured it out and you're going to be able to figure it out because you are strong too. And it was excellent how he, how he just said, you walked into my mm. hospital with three babies, you lost one and still managed to walk out with three. Mm. That was, and Gerald McCraney, I, he was my first binky of this yes, show. Yes, I'm going to continue to say that he is my first binky, and I, I, I cannot get enough of Doctor K. I want Doctor K in my life for for the rest of my life. I know, but seeing him is exceptional. And am I am I finding it a little hard to believe that he would still be alive at this point and showing up at this funeral? Maybe, but you know what? It's a, it, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it too. I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I liked it so much because, you know, seeing life without Jack in the immediacy after his death mm-hmm. is is hard to watch as a viewer. Uh, it's it's jarring. It is sad. It's painful, and they're pulling themselves together, but they're unraveling. Uh, the, the Pearson family oh gosh, is unraveling. I know unraveling. why I thought he was dead. Sorry, why? it's just because we saw him like almost die. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, why did I think he was dead? He wasn't dead. Remember when he thought he was going to die and then yep. he ended up being okay? Yep. Okay, continue. Sorry, my brain. <laughs> it's okay, no problem. So they're unraveling. I mean, Kevin and Randall are already starting to butt heads. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Kate is blaming herself for her uh, dad's death. Rebecca is worrying that she, she's going to fail her family without Jack. Mm-hmm. It's all true. I mean, it's all 100% true. But Dr. K steps in and does what he does. And I think that admission to Rebecca that Jack would come to visit him in the hospital and Mandy Moore's reaction was an inspired bit of writing. It's like it's like when you know like when you watch your kids and they don't know that you're watching them mm-hmm. but they go and do something and all of a sudden you 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 have this open world of possibility. You're like, oh my God, they're actually, they did stuff outside of my perspective. Yes. And I, I got that immediate sense from Mandy Moore when Dr. K says, yeah, he came into my hospital all the time mm-hmm. and, and sat down on my couch and talked about his fears and, and all these. And watching her face, it was a thing of beauty. Like, oh my God, are you serious? Mm-hmm. How was how that even possible? And she still to this day, learning about Jack, a man that to whom she's been married for, you know, 20 years Goes or so. Goes to show you Jack is not an overshare because there is no way that I've been going to see Dr. K and not tell you every single little thing. I would have come back and been like, so this is what I learned. You know? So I wonder if we get more scenes like this, but played out in a flashback form so that we as viewers can get that same reaction 
that Rebecca had to be like, oh my God. Like you think, like I want to see some flashback scenes of these visits of why, oh yes, why uh, Jack goes to see Dr. K, what these conversations are like. I'd be down with that. We, we saw it, we saw it once. Yeah, when he was nervous about Rebecca's mental stability. Right, and mm-hmm. you know, fair game, or in, in my opinion, I think that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see more of that. Yes. I would love to see the young Jack who has no idea what he's doing. He is very scared. Well, he and doesn't he goes have a father see, figure. And it, exactly. It, it would totally play into that, and it would make sense why Dr. K came to this to this funeral. Mm-hmm. And and listen, it gets more Gerald McCraney in my life, which I am I, <laughs> not going to... I'm not going to, you know, be upset about. You know what I would love to also see? What? Is to see that some of Jack's other phrases and things that he learns and does as a father that he's learned from Dr. K. What do you mean? I don't know. I mean, Jack just seems to be like this, like, kick butt father. And granted, he wants to be that for his kids because his dad wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I want to see if, like, we don't know how many times he went to see Dr. K. Mm-hmm. But what if in one of these flashbacks in our dream worlds that, are you know, he's going to be visiting Dr. K in our future. Um <laughs> If we see something that Dr. K is able to shed light on and then we realize like, oh, this is why Jack has done this for the past two seasons. This is why, you know what I mean? I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know. No, I get it. I just am happy that he had that. He had a father figure. I I totally get it. I also really liked in this episode too when, you know, they're buying the car and Mm -hmm. all all the kids are so happy and joyful. Uh, And I kind of get it because I had one of those Wagoneers growing up myself. You did? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. I had a brown nice. one with the brown wood paneling. And uh, it, the funny thing is, is that at, as it got older, rocks somehow got into the hubcaps. Ew. And so every time you drove, you would hear, you know, like when you hear like coin and the laundry? Yeah. Like, ding, ding, ding. That's what it sounded like every time we drove. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> but as these kids are, you know, as he's buying the vehicle and uh, the kids are like, oh, my God, it's so great. They're also intercutting that with all of them getting into the vehicle mm-hmm. when it's when it's mm-hmm. sad and the and the thing and and, and the funeral. It, it's just a, it's a great juxtaposition for this entire episode. You know, one of the moments that really struck me in that vehicle as they were going to the funeral was Kevin not being able to do his tie. And if you think about it, his dad had oh. just what a week before taught him how to do his tie when he was getting sized for that suit when he was getting it picked out and then there's Randall who wears a tie to school every day and that flash of Jack teaching Randall how to how to do his tie Mm -hmm. oh it just killed me it just killed me oh man it was great and again showing the flashbacks throughout the entire series and then adding more flashbacks to it the episode did this great thing and just staying in just staying in the the time of the flashback times. It didn't mm-hmm. show any of the current time. It didn't show older Kate or whatever. It just it just stayed where it needed to stay. And I, and I've always felt that um the, the the show is at its best when it focuses on one thing because you know that's like the problem with having this big ensemble cast. It's mm-hmm. the big problem with having. Uh, a, a conceit where you have to have these flashbacks. You have multiple timelines. You're not doing it. You're not doing the full story full justice when yeah. you're when you're going back and forth. Um, but I like when it stays, and it's only done this a couple of times when it just stays in one spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It did it for Williams episode. Uh, I think it did it for the big day, from what I recall. And I think it does it, and obviously it does it for this episode too. So I really like that. Having uh, Kate, uh, not Kate, uh, Rebecca. 
has such a tight feeling to being there before the urn is placed oh. when she said I wanted to be here when my husband arrived oh my goodness and then her taking it like when they said no we usually take it nope I'm taking it um, just her ownership of feeling uh, that she needed to be there because she wasn't there when he died and even how they were spreading his ashes and Kate asks you know can we not do all of it P.S. That is not what the weather in Pittsburgh at January 31st would normally feel like. I said, I had, that's my other thing that I was like, how is it January 31st? Now, granted, you've had some wacky weather and sometimes it's warm in the winter, but I don't know. Aside from that, that's the only thing that like took me out of that moment. I was like crying and I'm like, it's not January. (laughs) Hey, I also liked the thing here too, where we talk about, uh, um, his Jack's brother. Where he's like, oh, yeah, I had a brother. He's talking to mm-hmm. Randall and Kevin. After as, he kicked them out of the car. kicked them out of the car. That was awesome. That was amazing. That Get out. Five miles. Yep. Yep. You're going to walk home. Uh, he, he does confirm that he was in Vietnam with his brother and his brother did die. So I like the idea that we're getting this information that Nikki, his brother, was in Vietnam and he's dead. We know what happened there. And, mm-hmm. and, and happened mm-hmm. then, right? It may not necessarily be from the war itself, but he did die. Yeah. And it probably is because of the war. And I think that's a it's a good way to, because I was afraid that it's going to set up this other mystery, you know, of yeah. like, is, is how's Nikki going to die? You know, like, I'm glad I'm glad it hasn't done that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, my love, do you have any final thoughts for this episode? No, it just... It it re-showed you where all these seeds started to be planted with how these kids and now adults are still reacting to their dad's tragic death. And, yep. you know, for Rebecca to tell Kate, like, it wasn't your fault. It's not your fault. And still Kate thinks that it is, you know, 20 years later. Right. Um, I just, it was a beautiful episode and I'm, I'm really happy that we got to watch it. Yeah. Is it bad of me that when I saw Randall... Drop all the drinks. <laughs> I thought of you. No, that's me, man. <laughs> drinks everywhere. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It is so bad. Oh, man. Depth perception problems. My uh, final thoughts for this episode is it's an episode that I think is very well written. And uh, Isaac Aptaker and Elizabeth Berger, even in spite of their age and how relatively young uh, writers they are. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that they, I mean, they've been in the game for a while now, but not like not as major showrunners. They're they're new showrunners. I give them a lot of credit for not only knowing what serves the story best, but serves their audience the best. Yeah, we needed this episode, I think, as an audience. We needed to like just remember Jack and and they have it with again the, the conceit of the car and also a funeral and we needed a funeral yeah and, yeah. and seeing Jack's photo next mm-hmm. to the urn uh it it was um it was special it was a special moment and one again one that we needed I I didn't find myself crying as much as I did in this episode as, as much as I did in the previous one but for me I think it was more of a bittersweet thing like it was a memorial for me like yeah, that was, it sucked that he died, but these are all such beautiful moments. Mm-hmm. I'm appreciating them more. Yeah. Uh, so I give uh, Abtaker and Berger a lot of credit for knowing what 
they needed for the story and also what their audience needed. Can I just say that I am still blown away at how beautifully they're able to weave in quick shots of memories from season one that mm-hmm. they're able to reuse and to really keep weaving. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous tapestry mm-hmm. of like camera and, and film. Right. I love it. And the, the prime example of that would be the one with Randall and Jack. And the tie. Teaching them in the tie. Yes. You know, from yep. from uh, from the the one where Randall comes to work with them, or or Jack pulling up and seeing Kate. Right, right, just excellent stuff. Okay, my love, do you have any hot takes? Yes or no? No. Okay, I do. Okay, so you know how we talked about earlier in this episode that they just don't have a lot from Jack. They have the watch. They have a couple of things. Yeah. You know, uh, Rebecca has the has her necklace. necklace you know they got a couple of photos but that's pretty much everybody it. has something kate has the tape how much and she has the urn too by the way yeah. how much do you want to bet that rebecca still has that coffee cup that jack used Ew. how much do you want to bet she still has the coffee cup because it's just something that he touched it's yeah. something that was his. Yeah. And and maybe maybe she washed yeah. it out you know maybe it's not just hey. old coffee but like she it's, it could be okay. If she she'd probably might, drink it off. <laughs> she just, he, I, I don't know. I just feel like that's one of those things that I think I would keep. Like, that was the last thing I remember my husband touching other than like my little necklace or whatever. Mm. And like it was something he actively did. Okay. And, you know, I don't know. It's either that or they saved the tickets from the Bruce Springsteen concert. I can see that one better. <laughs> All right. Are right, you ready let's to close it out? It out? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, uh, let's close this bad boy out. Yes. Let's get, let's, you know, memorial, yes. baby. We're having fun Amen. with it. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, this episode, we want to give a huge shout out to Serena2014, who on the iTunes left us the review of another great podcast from Miriam Blake. My first was The Leftovers, the gift thoughtful show coverage punctuated by very personal stories that can relate, uh, that relate to each show topic and theme, all delivered by Mary's soothing voice and Blake's New England clam chowder accent. Yeah, that's I right, Serena. I appreciate that the uh, episodes are kept 30 to 40. 40 minutes so they don't take all day to listen to <laughs> thanks guys thank you and everybody the countdown is still coming on are you re-watching are you just listening and enjoying it well either way if you can take a moment to write us a review now I saw that we've got some ratings some stars but no additional written reviews so if you can head on over and leave us some additional reviews that would be amazing just head get, on over we're trying to get to 45 that's the goal man that's the goal we're up, to, we're up to 40 let's beat after buzz let's do this they suck let's, let's stick it to the <laughs> man and Stick it to the Walmart. <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody. For now, I'm Mary. My name's Blake. And this is Us Too. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.